Hello and welcome to Saga 50 for 50 on Heritage Bites, produced by Heritage Mississauga. 2024 marks the 50th anniversary since the incorporation of the town of Mississauga, Port Credit and Streetsville to create the city we now know and love. In this special celebration of Mississauga, we invite you to join us as we walk down memory lane with 50 weeks of podcasts recounting incredible moments in this city's rich history. This is Saga 50 for 50. Welcome to Saga 50 for 50. My name is Matthew Wilkinson, historian at Heritage Mississauga. And my name is Justine Lin, the collections and resource lead with Heritage Mississauga. Today, we wanted to talk a little bit more about the city of Mississauga and how it's changed over the years. Mississauga was not a village that became a town that became a city. We were born through amalgamation of many different villages into the Mississauga we know today. This history has left many different stories and histories in its wake. To tell these stories, we are going to bring in many familiar faces, or rather voices, from our city who have had firsthand experience with the changes our city has seen. Perhaps no one knows better the immense changes Mississauga has seen better than some of our older generation. We hear conversations like this all the time. Just listen in. So here we are, the amazing Celebration Square. This is where all the multicultural festivals and events take place, right here. I love coming here. <laughs> yeah, thanks for bringing us here, Grandpa. Such a big city now. So many towers around us. And over there, the absolute towers, which some people call the Marilyn Monroe Towers. Mississauga has changed so much over the years. Well, right here, where we're standing, was a farm at one point. Just imagine all these buildings gone. Fields as far as the eye can see. Cows, barns, farmhouses, horse-driven carriages to get around. So much different than today. Settlers began arriving in the early 1800s and Toronto Township, now known as Mississauga, is often referred to as the City of Villages. While most cities expand outwards from a central settlement, Mississauga is unique in that it is made up of crossroads hamlets and villages, each with their own distinctive history, that were joined together in amalgamation to form the city. The names of many of these villages are etched on the ceiling of council chambers at the Civic Centre and some are found on road signs throughout the city. Clarkson, Cooksville, Dixie, Arendelle, Lakeview, Malton, Meadowville, Port Credit, and Streetsville. Beyond these small villages, Mississauga was largely farmland. Up until the advent of the automobile and paved roads, which would become the catalyst for suburban development. Many affluent Torontonians looking to escape the hustle and bustle of the city built summer homes on lakefront properties here and along the Credit River Valley in the early 20th century. 
Founded in 1886, Lauren Park Estates was originally a cottage destination for wealthy Toronto residents seeking to escape the city in the hot summer months. Residential subdivisions were developed in close proximity to travel routes for early commuters such as the Credit Grove in 1912 and Hiawatha on the Lake in 1922. Early industrial and commercial growth added to the influx of residents, increasing the cultural diversity of historic Mississauga. The first paved highway project in Ontario was Lakeshore Road, which was paved from Toronto to Hamilton between 1914 and 1916. Also in 1916, the electric radial railway laid its tracks along Lakeshore Road, connecting Port Credit to Toronto. Just over a decade later, a new transportation network, the Queen Elizabeth Way, blazed a trail through historic Mississauga, forever changing the way in which people traveled through the area. Perhaps nobody knows more about our changing infrastructure than the architects of our city, including Michael Spaziani. Well, construction began on this new highway uh, parallel to Lakeshore Road in 1931, and that highway was built in response to an emerging traffic congestion problem along Lakeshore. That in 1914, there were only 250 cars a day moving along Lakeshore Road, but by 1931, there were over 10,000 cars now jamming that roadway. So the need for uh, this highway was, was very real, and, and the government moved on constructing it. It took eight years to build. By 1939, the highway did open, and King George uh, inaugurated it, and, uh, and it was named after his wife, Queen Elizabeth. Please welcome local historian and author Dave Cook to speak about one of the most significant milestones in our history. One of the most significant dates in Mississauga is August the 29th, 1938. This day marked the arrival of the first official flight at Malton Airport, which is now known as Lester B. Pearson International Airport, Canada's largest and busiest. We would, of course, be remiss if we did not discuss the other historic industries Mississauga had to offer. Local historian and interpreter Richard Collins explains more. Some of Mississauga's earliest industries included St. Lawrence Starch in Port Credit, which produced corn-based products with names that were familiar across Canada. Cooksville Brick was another large employer. It opened in 1912, and by the 1940s was the largest supplier of brick in Canada. The advent of the Second World War saw wartime industries emerge, such as Victory Aircraft, building the Lancaster Bomber in Malton, and the Dominion Small Arms Limited Munitions Factory in Lakeview. Small Arms Limited employed an extraordinary number of women and created opportunities for them to enter the workplace like never before. Wartime industries in Malton and Lakeview also created a demand for housing which led to the creation of Victory Village in Malton in 1942 and other similar housing developments in the, of the era. Please welcome local teacher Greg Carrero as we remember all those who fought for freedom in our city. Mississauga's connections to conflict are not only on the home front, but also abroad. Many of our citizens have participated and continue to participate in missions overseas and are fallen, are remembered at cenotaphs, 
honor rolls, and cemeteries located throughout Mississauga. The cenotaphs speak to the evolution of the city. Most of them predate the city of Mississauga and are connected with a historic smaller village, community, or local legion. In 2011, the city unveiled the Mississauga Civic Memorial. This was to recognize Mississauga citizens who have given their life in the service of their community. We will remember them. The mid-1950s was a boom period in historic Mississauga following the success of the Victory aircraft in Malton and the famed Lancaster bombers during the Second World War. AV Road Canada established a prominent aircraft manufacturing facility in Malton, which evolved into one of the largest entities in the British Commonwealth. By 1957, at the height of the Cold War, AV Row Canada employed more than 15,000 people at its plant, with approximately the same number in associated industries doing contract work for AV Row in the development of the prototype CF-105 all-weather jet interceptor, better known as the Avril Arrow. Amidst great fanfare, the Canadian aviation industry seemed poised for a bright future. However, the program was abruptly cancelled on February the 20th, 1959, and subsequently the five completed aircraft and all in production airframes were ordered destroyed. The date of the cancellation, known as Black Friday, saw the sudden mass unemployment of approximately 7% of Toronto Township's workforce. Local journalist, author and social advocate June Calwood remembers that day well. What we lost when they destroyed this beautiful plane, we, we could have... It's not too dramatic to say we might have lost our souls. This meant so much to Canadians. After World War II, uh, modern suburban development began in Mississauga with, uh, in 1953, the Ship Corporation started to build the typical uh, subdivisions that we, we see in Mississauga. And these were relatively complete communities. They had uh, schools, they had uh, community centers. They were designed as new, modern, complete cities. The only thing lacking really was uh, sufficient employment. So this began the era of what I call the dormitory or bedroom suburb in Mississauga. So to assist in easing the commuting uh, burden, the government of Ontario started the GO Transit line, and the first one was along Lakeshore, and it had a great impact on Port Credit. And what it did is spawned actually the first wave of intensification of uh, built form. So when you look at Port Credit today, you see a lot of tall buildings, which have become uh, important rental housing for the community, and it's created a kind of uh, affordability and a way of uh, living in a beautiful place like Port Credit with its waterfront, but also having the means or the way to get into other uh, areas where work is available, including downtown Toronto and now Hamilton. Former heritage planner Eileen Eigel understands our industrial development well. With population growth and improvement in transportation, industries were attracted to Mississauga. Technological innovation also came to Mississauga, such as the renowned Sheridan Park Research Community, founded in 1965. This 340-acre park is completely devoted to industrial research and development and is one of the few research communities in the world initiated and built entirely by industry. 
Today, Mississauga is also home to numerous Fortune 500 head offices. That leads to the story of the two Torontos and how Mississauga got its name. Yeah, I sort of got confused when you were calling Mississauga Toronto Township. That's because that's what it was called before it became Mississauga. No way! When the British Crown purchased the Mississauga Tract in 1805, the area was given the name Toronto Township. Today's Toronto was known as York at the time, so there was no confusion. York was renamed Toronto in 1834, and so the two Torontos lived side by side until 1967, when our township made plans to incorporate as a city. This forced Toronto Township to select a new name, even though we had legal title to the original name Toronto. In 1965, residents were asked to submit names for the new town. 2,763 people submitted 889 different names. Had submissions been halted after one week, Mississauga today might have been named Green Acres. At a June 1966 meeting, Township Council narrowed these down to two names, which were to appear on the ballot in the December 1967 municipal election. These were Mississauga and Sheridan. The overwhelming favorite on election day was Mississauga, which beat Sheridan 11,796 to 4,311. The name Mississauga honors the First Nations people who lived here before the first settlers arrived. On January 1st, 1968, Mississauga was born. However, someone else already had that name, the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation. Here's Mississauga's cultural heritage and creative strategist Megan McIntosh explains what happened next. Township Council wished to get permission to use the name Mississauga from the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation. In late 1967, Reeve Robert Speck and representatives from Toronto Township traveled to New Credit, where they met with the Band Council and Mississauga Chief Fred King. A friendship was formed between Reeve, Bob Speck, and Chief Fred King. And during the New Year's Day festivities in 1968 at Mississauga's Town Hall, Chief King was presented with the first ceremonial key to the town, and he was declared the first citizen of the town of Mississauga. This connection marked the beginning stages of a long friendship between the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nations and the city of Mississauga. As Mississauga grew, there were milestones events which shaped the city, including four large disasters, which many residents of the city remember clearly. Hurricane Hazel, the storm on October 15, 1954. The Malton gas explosion of October 25, 1969. The Texaco refinery fire in Port Credit on October 2, 1978, and the Mississauga train derailment and evacuation on November 10, 1979. Each of these events brought challenges to the emergency response measures and to the elected representatives of the young city. Hazel McCallion served as mayor of Mississauga for 36 years. Nicknamed Hurricane Hazel, she was first elected mayor in 1978 and had been in office only a few short months when the 1979 train derailment occurred when a Canadian Pacific train carrying toxic chemicals derailed at Mavis Road. McCallion, along with the Peel Regional Police and other governmental authorities, oversaw the evacuation of the city. 
There were no deaths or serious injuries during the Mississauga Miracle, which saw the peaceful evacuation of over 200,000 residents. Former Mississauga Mayor Hazel McCallion remembered that time vividly. I think one of the highlights of my term was the derailment uh, in, 90, in uh, 1979. It was a fantastic experience. I had only been mayor a year and uh, I can assure you that that was a challenge, a major challenge. But again, with a team approach of the province assisted us and, uh, and the uh, wonderful work done by the police department and the fire department, that we were able to deal with a major disaster in a very effective way in which Everybody was cared for, and it was the largest evacuation in the history of North America at the time. Watching out over Mississauga sits Mississauga Civic Center at 300 City Center Drive. You know, lots of history can be seen right here. What do you mean? The architect designed this city center for a reason, and according to what I've heard, that the big thing in front of us is the barn, the old barns that were all over Mississauga, Above it is the farmhouse, theoretically, and then there's the windmill tower and the silo. So the whole thing speaks to the past. Wow, I had no idea. Today, Mississauga is home to people from all over the globe. Please welcome international business development and investment specialist Winnie Fung as she explains more. In Mississauga, the many languages, customs and traditions contribute to its newer heritage and ever-evolving story. Because people have come to Mississauga from all over the world, it's now home to a wide area of cultural and religious centers and places of worship reflecting this diversity. We have so many places to enjoy in Mississauga. Bruckner Rhododendron Gardens, the Column Trail, Arendelle Park, Korea Park, Rattray Marsh, Riverwood, and the Waterfront Trail. So where to now, Grandpa? Since you're so curious, I'm taking you somewhere special. One of the oldest houses in Mississauga. Hi. Welcome to The Grange, and welcome to Heritage Mississauga, the place to come to to learn about the history and heritage of our city. Our city is a dynamic city, comprised of many layers. Historic villages, significant landscapes, vibrant and diverse cultures, all located within a modern urban setting. Mississauga is Canada's sixth largest city, with over 700,000 residents. It is still a young city, whose cultural identity continues to unfold. hope you enjoyed this week's installment of Saga 50 for 50. Help us keep celebrating the 50th anniversary of the city of Mississauga by following Heritage Bites wherever you get your podcasts. 
Also, be sure to check out Heritage Mississauga on all our social media platforms and follow hashtag Saga 50 for 50 to stay up to date on all of Mississauga's 50th anniversary celebrations. This is Heritage Mississauga signing off. Until next time.